Hello all and welcome to Build Your Own Funnel. This is the podcast where we inbound marketers teach you remodelers how to build your own inbound marketing and sales funnel. On this podcast, we are never shy about diving into the weeds and giving concrete examples of campaigns we have seen and run that have worked, boosting sales for remodelers like yourself. I am your co-host, Malachi Price. I am Builder Funnel's inbound marketing consultant. And today I am joined by Builder Funnel president and co-host Danielle Russell and our consulting specialist and DJ Matt Ehrlich. (laughs) Today, we are going to be going through a full SEO audit for actually a client that we, basically the brief rundown is we worked with them for four years um, and then they stopped working with us, went to another agency, weren't happy, and now it's looking like we're probably gonna be working with them again in the next coming months basically an seo audit it's just a comprehensive look at what keywords you're ranking for what keywords we want to be ranking for how things are looking at from like a more technical perspective um and a lot of other things that we're going to dive into but for starters um let's talk about what we're drinking today if if we have anything interesting what you got, Danielle? Yeah, I am drinking tea because at the time of the recording of this episode, it is dry January. So I am drinking yerba mate with mint. She's tasty. Mm. I'm drinking coconut water. I'm just going to say it's because of dry January. It has nothing to do with that. I just really like coconut water. Matt, anything interesting? Red Bull, sugar-free. Ugh, gross. As a reminder, um, part of this is uh, we encourage you, listeners, to to bring your own beer or drink or whatever to listening of the podcast. It's a branding thing. Anyhow, so let's, let's go through this SEO audit. We actually have this template If you are a member of the Remodeler Growth community, we've actually shared it in that community. If you're not familiar with that, look it up, Remodeler Growth Community. It's a place for remodelers like yourself to talk to other remodelers and us marketers as well about just marketing practices. We have a whole bunch of nice resources in there as well, including the template that we're about to go through. But basically it's a spreadsheet outlining step by step what we want to look like look look at little bop bop when we are talking about seo for a remodeler's website so for starters let's talk about moz local i'm pretty sure we've talked about this a few times on this show before but essentially moz local is a look at your quote-unquote listing score for your business and what that actually means is essentially how consistently your information is showing up across the web. So, for example, for this client, um, I'm going to be putting in the company name um, exactly as you would want it to show up across the web. Now, that's important. If your name is, is Joe and Sons Remodeling, if it's formally like LLC or some crap like that, you probably don't want that to be how you market your name. Um, 
however you want to show up on Facebook, that's how you want to show up, well, pretty much everywhere, and you want it to be consistent. Otherwise, you can get dinged for this. So as we speak, I am putting the company name, the address of the company, and the postcode. And then we're going to see what, what Moz Local has to tell us. You want to have a good joke to fill the time, or are we just going to edit this part out? Quick note on the, I think it was Joe and Sons. Uh, it needs to be so accurate that even right down to that and mm. needs mm -hmm. to be like, yeah. if it's the symbol versus the word, it needs to be the same across the entire internet. Otherwise, Google's going to flag it as different. As You're a rule of thinking... thumb. Oh, sorry. You no, go ahead. No, no, I just had a question. Um, is the uh, like is the name that's used is that what the the name that sorry everybody um, I'm not I'm not allowed to talk so it's weird using my voice um <laughs> is the name used on like Google like my business or Google business profile is that the one you should be using or what is the what name specifically should they use well it sort of yes but that assumes that the name that you have on your Google business profile is correct. Whatever the name is that you want to show up everywhere, and that's up to you because it doesn't have to be your legal name. Um, you know, Joe and Sons Remodeling, again, LLC is probably your legal name or something like that. But you would probably want it to show up as Joe Ampersand Sons Remodeling. Again, that's up to you. But once you make that decision, you want it to be consistent everywhere. Now, here's the cool thing is that this client, because we worked with them, when we put their name into Moz Local, it shows up as saying this location is already registered and is being optimized. And we can see that they're already optimized with this information across the web. So these guys are already good. What we often see when we enter a remodeling company's name in here is it'll give us this full list of just all the errors that it's finding. It'll be like, on Facebook, you have a plus sign instead of an ampersand. And on Google, you don't have your phone number, et cetera, et cetera. And this adds up. There are hundreds of directories. We're talking about Angie's List, Yellow Pages, et cetera. And you want to make sure that your information is correct in all of those places. And, well, you can't really do that as just one person. And that's why we use Moz Local for this. So we're not even affiliated with Moz Local in any way. We just find that this is the easiest way to do it. Um, I highly recommend uh, that our listeners give this a go. Just go to moz.com and you can get your free listing score. Um, but it'll show you all of the places that you need to correct it. And in my opinion, the easiest way to correct it is just to have a Moz Local subscription and it'll be done automatically. So that is the first step in our SEO audit. The next thing we do is we go to GT Metrics. So gtmetrics.com, that's G-T-M-E-T-R-I-X. And then you're going to put your URL in, and it's going to give your site a test. We wait for it to load. Basically, it's scanning the website to see how quickly all of your pages and content on your website load. And then it's going to give us a score, kind of like a high school score. It's going to be an A through... It actually, for some reason, it goes all the way down to like E or something for this, which I guess that's not a high school thing. But but still, not often, not often that we see E's anyway. 
but basically an A is saying that your site is really well optimized and that it's really fast and everything's looking good. Whereas say an F would would mean that your images are way too big, they're taking forever to load, your JavaScript is all messed up if that's a thing for your website, um, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, and we got a B for this website, which is pretty good. Now, something to note is that uh, this this client actually had a, um, they redid their website um, earlier this year. It, it was done by the, the other aforementioned uh, marketing agency. So either, I mean, I guess there's a number of ways to interpret this, but overall just B is a pretty good score. And we know that we can increase things even a little bit more from here. And if you're on GT metrics and you're following along, after you get that score, you can scroll down and you'll see things like reduce initial server response time and avoid large layout shifts, blah, blah, blah. A lot of really technical jargon, but basically this is going to give you the specific ways that you can clean it up and make things faster. And then in like a year or so, you can go back to GT metrics, run another report and see if you got a better grade. I have a question for you, Mel. Oh yeah, what go for is, it. Like, what are the most typical things that do slow down the page load time? The two things that I see the most are big image. Yeah, Matt knows. We, we just see it so, so often. Big images, it's just unoptimized images. They're too big. And the reason it's common for remodelers in particular is because you, you're in a very visual business. Um, what you're selling is based on visuals. Uh, because people want to see images of, of the beautiful homes that you're working on. And that's exactly why you should share those images. But it's also why if you're going to have a thousand plus images on your website, which is pretty likely, um, if none of those are optimized, that adds up and you are going to get a slow bogged down website. What do you recommend? Well, I know the answer to this, but for the audience, tell them what we recommend normally size wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So size-wise, as a rule of thumb, uh, we try to aim to have any image below 100 kilobytes. And again, that's a rule of thumb. If you optimize the image and it looks like crap, well, then, well, rather, if you optimized it too much, if you optimize it multiple times and it looks like crap, um, that's a sign that maybe you kind of overdid it a little bit. Usually optimizing once is not going to make that an issue unless you're using a really crappy optimizing uh, website. Usually you can just use something like iloveimg.com or something similar. Um, they're all free um, and it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. And that actually, it optimizes the file size in addition to uh, another thing to make sure to do is to uh, make sure that you're actually reducing the dimensions of the image, which, which is different. You have file size and then you have the dimensions of the image and you want to make both of those smaller. That is the goal. And that will have the biggest impact on your page speed time. Now, for reference, if you are going through a spreadsheet like this along with us, what I would normally do is I, is I would take screenshots of these, these things and put them in the spreadsheet so that in six months to a year, I can look back 
maybe I can do this again, and I can look at what we got last time. I can look at what our score was for Moz Local, and then I can compare that to what it is however many months in the future to see how that's progressed. Same thing with GT Metrics. We are also going to do this, the same thing with what is the next step in the SEO audit, which is Google Business Profile. So, really, I'm just going to look up this client, and assuming that they have a Google Business Profile and it's well optimized, I can just type it into Google, and it's going to show up in the right-hand column of the SERP. So really the main thing we're looking at is, one, do they have a Google My Business page? Or sorry, it's not called that anymore. Google pr Business Profile page. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you know that I'm, I'm a, a, a vet at the, the Google game. Anyhow, what we're looking for is to make sure, one, that they have one. Two, that it's the appropriate name. Um, three, that there are actually images put on the profile. And then also that there are reviews and that posts are being shared. Oh, yeah. And last but not least, I guess this is actually one of the biggest aspects of it, is that all of the little places where you can fill in address, uh, hours of operation, phone number, um, and c connecting your social media profiles, you want to make sure that those are all done too. It's a lot of stuff. It's worth it because um, Google... I don't know if nepotizes is a word, but I'm going to use it. Google nepotizes itself. Uh, if you're using Google services such as Google Business Profile and you're giving it all the information it wants, it's going to help you rank better in Google. So when it comes to Google services, make sure that you give Google what it wants, basically, because that's how you, well, rank in Google. That's just how that works. The last thing to note here is that I always look at Google Business Profile when doing one of these audits because I want to see how many Google reviews that we have. I want to see that it's at least above four stars. If not, kind of, we got a red flag and we have some things to address. But I also want to see that there's a fair amount of reviews in here. Um, this very much varies depending on the size of your business, but I would say generally you want to have at least 20 reviews and gen that's that's for a pretty small company too really you're aiming to have as many as you can and uh companies that have been in the marketing game for a while should be in the hundreds eventually you want to make sure they're good reviews that you're responding to all of the reviews and that you're continuing to collect additional reviews so that's something to be mindful of that is why we look at google business profile the next step is looking at current keyword rankings. So you're going to need a specific tool for this. The tool that we use is called Ahrefs. That is A-H-R-E-F-S dot com. That's what I'm going to be using right now. And then you're going to put the URL for your website into here, and you're going to take a look at the keywords that you are ranking for. For this client, we can see that they are ranking for 3.3 thousand organic keywords. Uh, definitely an indicator that these people have been doing inbound marketing for a while. You will never see that unless someone is doing inbound marketing. And we're going to look at all the keywords that are, that don't include, um, the name of the business itself. So I'm going to type in the name of the business. 
Because, I mean, you're, you should be ranking for the name of your own damn business. That's just how that works. So I'm going to filter that out. And then I'm going to look at everything that is in the top 10 positions for this client. Usually you would do something like top 20, but because these guys are actually ranking for a fair amount of keywords, um, we're going to look at just the top 10 because they're already going on to the next page. So by the way, again, as a reminder, if you're in the top 10 positions for a keyword, that means you're on the front page of Google, which is amazing. Um, people don't generally go past the first page of Google. So that is always your goal. And we could see for this client, for example, that they're actually ranking number one for a number of keywords, which is really great too. So what I would generally do is just kind of, really this is more a matter of just, you wanna be looking at these things anyway, but also just for the sake of my own reference in the future, I would write down or take a screenshot of all the keywords that I'm seeing here so that I can have a good idea of, well, if we're working in, let's say Houston and we're a roofing contractor, we wanna make sure that we're seeing something like Houston roofers or Houston uh, roof repair, something like that. If we're not seeing stuff like that up here, uh, that's an indicator to us that we, we need to fix that. For this client, for example, they're actually based in Delaware um, and we are seeing a fair number of keywords that are specific to both their location and their services, um, not only in the top page, but uh, in the top three for a lot of these keywords as well. Again, an indicator that they must have been doing inbound marketing for a while. You probably couldn't reach the front page otherwise. So you would wanna make sure to write that down. Now we have the technical SEO section. This is where I tend to lose some people which is understandable. This is also the kind of thing that you will generally need a web developer to help you out with, unless this is something you're really skilled with. But essentially, you can use a tool like, you can use Ahrefs for something like this. I like to use something called Screaming Frog. It's a standalone application. And you'll put in your website and you can see things like, how many images do we have that are over 100 kilobytes? How many images on the website are missing alt text? What are those images? Where are they? Um, and then we have things like response codes, which very briefly, if you have a 2XX or like a 200 response code, this is something you would see if you're using a tool like this. That's a good thing. That just means that that page that is showing that code is working properly. If you have a 4XX or more commonly, people would know it as a 404, 404 error. That's what you call it when the page is not loading properly. Precisely. And we essentially, you want to see all of the, resp the response codes for all of your pages so that you can get an idea of like, well, we have, you don't want any 404s at all. And then for something like uh, 301 redirects, when you, uh, when you redirect a page to a different page, those are okay to have, but if you do an audit like this and you see, oh, we have 600 redirects, that can tell you, okay, we either need to change something or maybe it's too late to fix that, but in the past, we definitely did something very wrong in order to cause us to have a bunch of redirects. I won't go too much into the weeds on that one. Maybe we could talk about that in a future episode some more. The last thing that we're looking for in terms of technical SEO 
really this is the, the last technical side of things is um, how many pages are missing page titles, meta descriptions, H1s, and then also it can tell you if you're using a tool like Screaming Frog, um, how many pages you have that actually have duplicated content from each other, which is also a red flag. You do not want that. All things you would want to fix. Okay. And then we tend to like to, I have this in a different tab that I'm looking at right now, but once you find out how many images you have that are over a hundred kilobytes, which again is our rule of thumb for maybe being too big and needing optimization is uh, you take all of those URLs and you put them in the spreadsheet so that you can then look at them one by one, optimize them one by one, and make all of those fixes. Remember, we're not just looking at this crap. We're finding what the issues are so we can fix them. That's the intent behind an audit like this. Then we have a separate tab in the spreadsheet for keyword research. This is my favorite part. Um, Essentially what we're doing here is we're trying to find all of the keywords that we want your website to be ranking for. So if you are a roofer in Houston, we are looking for keywords like, again, Houston roofers or roof repair in Houston, that sort of stuff. We could do a whole two hours just on this topic alone. We won't, but the brief, the brief version of it is you want to go look at your competitors the ones that you know are likely ranking for keywords that you want, and then put them into something like Ahrefs and see what keywords they are ranking for. Then you could put them in this list and you can be mindful, these are the keywords we wanna be ranking for. Let's create content about them and let's include these keywords in our content. That of course, assuming you are creating good content, that would be how you actually rank for those keywords. How'd that get in there? <laughs> and then the very last, uh, tab of the spreadsheet is for making meta changes. So meta again is when you are in Google and you're looking at search results, the meta title will be that blue kind of thing that you click on. And then underneath that, the description for the thing that you're clicking on um, for the search result that you're clicking on, that is also known as the meta description. So we actually built a fun little uh, spreadsheet for this specifically designed around not having your character count exceed um, the recommendations by Google. So for example, if you have a meta title, we know that if you are beyond between 50 and 60 characters, so that's words or spaces or punctuation, whatever it may be, um, that's when that will start to cut off uh, in Google. That's how we know that you're getting to the point where it's too long. We, we did a fun little thing in the spreadsheet where you can type in the meta title and then we have another column that counts the characters in that and that cell will either turn green or red depending on whether you are or are not within the character count limit. So that's a good way to make it easier for yourself. The alternative would just be counting every character individually and I doubt that you want to do that. We have something similar for meta description where you want to keep it within 150 to 160 characters. And again, we use, it's called conditional formatting. It's a whole rabbit hole you can go down if you're a spreadsheet person. But we use conditional formatting in order to have it turn red or green, depending on whether you are in the character count or not. So the whole point of this section of the spreadsheet is just to look at 
how you may need to change your metas, whether it be your titles or descriptions. And then also it'll have, it'll act as kind of a place for you to see everything so that you can then make changes like adding in keywords from the tab um, that we were looking at prior to this one. So if you found a bunch of keywords you want to rank for, you can look at your meta title and meta description um, for all of your pages and you can see, are we including these keywords in our meta titles and the descriptions? If not, got to throw them in there. Just be mindful of the fact that if you're just keyword stuffing, um, which is what you call it when you just throw a bunch of keywords in and it looks like crap and it doesn't read very well, um, Google is able to figure that out now. The AI knows when you're just trying to keyword stuff. That doesn't work. Just try to make it look like what you would want to see if you were the person looking in the search engine trying to, to find, say, a Houston roofer. So that is the whole of the SEO spreadsheet. Again, if you're in the Remodeler Growth community, you can find it there. Um, I posted it um, where I had actually a similar little webinar that we did to uh, similar to this one where we went through a whole um, SEO audit. So if you think that would be helpful, you can look there and find that resource too. Yeah. But that is it. That's how you do an SEO audit of your website. Nice shot. <laughs> Any As, questions? Yeah. Remodeler Rebecca wants to know, so, okay, I did this SEO audit and I have my numbers. Now what? Mm. What are the next steps you would recommend? What, just like a couple of priorities if people are running into the most common issues that we run into when we're running an SEO audit? Yeah, that's a great uh, question. Uh, we might actually have to get even more specific than that because it varies by like which section of the spreadsheet we're talking about. Like, are, are, are we saying like just in general, what is the next step if we don't know what any of this stuff means or what is the most obvious first next step to take? Let's get more granular here. Yeah. If you literally don't know what to do next, reach out to us in Remodeler Growth Community so we can help guide you. Mm -hmm. But let's say um, top concerns from each tab of the most common things we see. So for example, I already said uh, a long page load time means resize your images. Mm -hmm. So let's say someone does have a bunch of four XX redirect or not redirects but page errors mm -hmm. and just some of the most common ones from each tab what would you prioritize and what is like one top next step that they should take okay okay great question so let's see the biggest priorities the reason this question is tricky for me danny or remodeler rebecca rather is that these are all important things to me uh there's an action item for every single thing that we discussed here the quickest, um, one of the quickest first things that I would do is just to do the Moz Local thing because that's just a matter of getting the subscription and then it'll fix for it sure. for you. When it comes to Google Business Profile, usually one of the biggest action items is come up with a plan as to how to gather Google reviews. Um, maybe come up with a template for an email that you can send to past clients saying, hey, did you like your experience working with us? If so, 
here's a link to come leave us a review. That's a big one. When it comes to technical SEO, this is a matter of how much you understand this stuff. This is where it gets a little bit tricky. Um, whatever you know how to fix, go ahead and fix it. Anything that doesn't make sense to you, you can uh, probably find good resources on the Builder Funnel website, or you can ask about it in the Remodeler Growth Community. Or if you're like, I don't want anything to do with this crap, uh, that's when you can talk to Builder Funnel or a marketing agency of your choice um, to have them do it for you instead. That's generally uh, my feel on technical SEO because that's the area where even I sometimes don't know how to fix this stuff. And that's where I talk to our web developer, Caitlin, and I'm like, Caitlin, I don't know what to do. Um, so yeah. Images over 100 kilobytes. This is a really big one, actually. Um, unfortunately, it's a little boring and time consuming, but the biggest action item out of having images that are too big is you're, you want to go and optimize all of those images. You're going to want to do it one at a time, and you're going to want to make sure that every single image on your website is optimized to the standards that we're talking about here. And then the biggest action items out of the uh, keyword research category is just that moving forward, you include it in your content, the keywords that you're finding, and you're also knowledge um, you're also just being mindful of how you could put these into your meta descriptions and potentially any advertisements that you're running on either Google or Facebook as relevant. And then the very last tab that we mentioned was SEO meta changes. Again, it's a similar thing. You're going to want to take the keyword research that you found and implement it into the metas on your website. So that was probably a much more long-winded answer than I imagine Remodeler Rebecca was looking for, but that is essentially the biggest action items out of each of the tabs that we talked about today. Nice. I know, as Remodeler Rebecca, my next steps are to join the Remodeler Growth Community and reach out to Mal and Caitlin and figure out how to fix my website. So thank you for running me through that. Yeah, that's the gist of it. Um, there's going to be a whole section of this that Matt has to edit out because this is super awkward. I don't actually know how to end this episode. Are Leave we ending it, in it here, now? Matt. I love it. <laughs> 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 we haven't recorded in like a month and a half. <laughs> we took a holiday break and we are in it to win it. Thanks Mal and I are married us. now. It was a good holiday season. <laughs> Lots of changes. Yeah. Well, I, th I think that's it for this episode. Um, basically, this is one of our more technical episodes, and that's why I think it's a really good one. But again, I encourage you to, even if you don't want to get into the nitty-gritty of everything we talked about, just take a closer look at some of the things that we mentioned here. Because if you're not paying attention to this stuff, I hate to sound pessimistic, but it's probably going to be wrong. That's just how it works. And that doesn't mean anyone did anything wrong. That just means that the people who are setting up these aspects of your website might not have known to be mindful of these things. And then you can just go in, find out what they are, and you can fix them. Also, websites, oh. I mean, mm -hmm. best practices change so frequently, especially with like Google search algorithms and the architecture of a website, what they expect to use to build a healthy website. So honestly, any any errors that you find are, I'm going to say never malicious. There's never malicious intent. A web designer and developer did not purposely make those mistakes to tank yeah. your website. It's just things change so quickly and you should be updating your website every three to five years at the most. So 
Uh, and just a reminder, this is part one of a two-part episode where we will be breaking down this same website just from different aspects. So mm-hmm. really great recap of this uh, more technical SEO audit and excited to jump in and talk more about the aesthetic and performance-driven side of it too. Absolutely. That's a bit of a spoiler for the next episode after this one, uh, which will include uh, one of our very own, Stephen. And he's going to come at this very same website from a very different angle that I did. So tune in for that. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, we'll, we'll see you on the next one for BYOF, Build Your Own Funnel. Thank you. I think I started this a little too early, but it's fine. Have a great day, everyone.